what a great moment to give thanks to God. Why? Because He is good. He is good. He does good. And He continues to impart goodness into our lives. And this morning we can give thanks to God with a grateful heart. You just think about your life. Think about this year. Think about the years before you knew Him. Think about what He's done since you've known Him. Think about what God wants to do in the future that perhaps you've got no idea of what that looks like. But God is good. And it's the good that He wants to pour into our lives. Father, we want to thank You. We want to thank You this morning for Your goodness. We want to thank You because You are good. And only good comes from our Father above. Lord, in each one of our lives in this room this morning, as we open up Your Word, I pray, Father, that we would taste and see that the Lord is good. Father, that we would see that goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. Father, we want to thank you for your presence in this room. Lord, that your presence changes us. Your presence transforms our lives. Father, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. Father, I pray this morning as your presence fills this room, our hearts will be filled with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Fantastic. Thank you very much, team. And uh, thank you for being with us this morning. Um, I do have a couple of things to say before I share the message. Um, if there's anybody here who are visitors or for the first time, we want to make you feel really welcome. At the moment, I'm getting to know, um, obviously, I know the Gospel Congregation. I'm getting to know those in the Bridgemary Congregation. And um, I am aware we have visitors with us as well. So absolutely fantastic. Great to have you here. And we want you to know that you're welcome. Um, couple of things, like I say, um, there are a couple of areas that I'd like us to pray about uh, this morning, um, some situations that have come in through prayer requests through the week, um, and also to let you know about the prayer meeting that's going on um, every Wednesday. The first thing is I want, want us to be aware of uh, um, a young man called Ephraim. Um, he was part of uh, Rainbow House um, Orphanage that we sponsor as a church. Um, we support them, but Ephraim was a part of that when he was very young. Um, he's now a grown-up young man, um, but he's got COVID. He's in hospital, and he's in a bad way um, in Brazil. Uh, so we're going to pray for him this morning. Uh, we're also going to pray for Caroline, uh, Tim and Caroline. Uh, Caroline's dad had a fall. He's fractured his knee, and he gashed his head, and he's got stitches in his head. Um, so we're going to pray for both these specifically this morning. So if you could just bow your head, let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we come to a God who, who sees, a God who knows, and a God who can heal and restore. And Lord, we do lift Ephraim before you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you know him by name. You know his circumstances. And Lord, that you're a God who's near to him right now. Father, in that hospital, I pray that there will be a divine 
intervention that takes place. Lord, that heaven will touch earth, that your grace and mercy will touch his life. And Lord, we pray for a restoration of health. Lord, that you would restore him and that he would know that it's you. And I pray, Lord, many in that ward and around him, Lord, will know the touch of heaven. Lord, when you divinely intervene, Lord, lives are changed. Father, we pray for that divine intervention. Lord, we just speak to that COVID in Jesus' name. And we command it to cease from its effects in his body and healing to be released upon his body. Father, for, for, for um, Tim and Caroline's dad, uh, David, Father, we pray for him this morning. And we ask, Lord, that you would heal this knee and, Lord, restore his, uh, his body from this fall. Lord, it won't knock him. It won't cause him to, to, uh, to back off in things in life. But, Lord, he will be strengthened in might. Lord, your word declares that you strengthen the feeble knees. And I just declare that over his life today, Lord, that you will strengthen his physical body. And Lord, as we lift up the congregation, those that aren't with us this morning, Lord, you know their journey. You know where they are and what, what is going on in their life. Lord, those that are anxious, those that are in worry, those that are just feeling that they still need to isolate. Lord, we lift them before you. Those with anxiety and worries in their heart, we lift them before you, Father. And we ask, Lord, that you would be very near to them as you are to us in this room. Lord, that they would know your presence. They would know that the household of faith are praying for them this morning. Lord, just bring confidence and boldness and strength. And Lord, the knowledge of your divine protection around about them. And Father, that in the, good, in the goodness of time, Lord, we will be united as the family, the household of faith, with each one being restored back into the household and into the family. Lord, we just lift them before you today in Jesus' name. Amen. And I guess I should be praying for those who are on holiday and those that are traveling and those that are around about. But it's good, it's good to have you here this morning. And um, you know, we do have a regular prayer meeting now that we've established and um, this coming Wednesday, you think, oh, couldn't it be? Couldn't it have been on a Tuesday? Couldn't it have been on a Thursday? Um, uh, uh, and and we don't want just the the football w ladies out, you know, the, the husbands at home watching the match, and and the ladies coming out. We want those who have a heart for the things of God to sacrifice. We will finish bang on nine o'clock, won't we, Charles? Because I would like to get home for the second half if I possibly can. <laughs> Unless, of course, we have a divine, incredible moment. But the, the natural self of me, I want to get home for the second half of the match. That's just my carnal self. Anyway, talking about, we're going to be here on Wednesday to pray. And it's going to be a really significant time of prayer. Um, we've got seven different continents joining with us on, Thursday, uh, on Wednesday night to pray. Um, I think that's quite remarkable. You know, little old town of Gosport, the little old place of Bridgemere, the little old place in the middle of a car park. But we've got seven continents joining with us in prayer this coming Wednesday night. Um, so I just really want to encourage you and encourage others to come along and be a part of it. It's only for an hour and a half. Um, and yes, I know it's on a Wednesday, Wednesday night. Claire, if I can pass that to you to ping out on an email, that would be wonderful.
So really excited about prayer and what's happening in prayer. And if you're able to join us at 9.30 on a Sunday morning, we're praying in the Caring Hands unit. And uh, we're just praying over the meeting. We're praying over our community. And we're just believing for a move of God in this area. A move of God always starts in the household. It starts with us. And if God touches our heart and he causes us, you know, if we would humble ourselves and pray, oh, God will begin to heal the land this community and wider afield. So I'm really excited about prayer, really excited about what God is doing in the house um, of God itself. But also just want to, um, again, thank you and remind you um, of the way in which we've been giving um, in Family Church, Gospel Bridgemary, but as Gospel Church over this COVID year. Uh, for those that uh, decided to start giving via uh, online giving, we want to thank you for that. And like I said last week, it made the giving for the administrative team so much easier, so much better. And if we could, let's all get on board with online giving. You can give an empty envelope on a Sunday just to remind you, but give online um, or give by direct debit is the very best way in which we can do this moving forward, especially where we are right now. And you may not have even given throughout these last 18 months. We want to encourage you to do a direct debit and start being able to give back into the household of faith. You may have it all tucked under your mattress, and when we give a, we, when we start with the offering buckets again, you bring your mattress full of finance. We, we'll get some big buckets, don't worry if need be. But hey, well, we want to thank you, and, and, and please consider doing that as we move forward. That would be fantastic. This morning, we are going to continue with our thoughts from last week. And last week, we started a thought on Thanksgiving. Um, I'm, I'm assuming this is going to be a two-week thought. Um, but if it goes further than that, it's great. Let's see what God wants to do. But we started looking at Thanksgiving. And the reason why I felt it was right to start speaking on Thanksgiving is we've had an incredible year with incredible difficulties. But we're still here. Many of us have still got our jobs We've still got our health. We've still got our family members. Yes, we have seen people who have been lost. We have seen those struggles. I've lost my dad during this time. But I am so thankful that the household of faith are still here, that we are still gathered together, that we can still give praise and thanksgiving to our God. And I made this statement last week, right at the end, as the beginning of this week. Thankfulness has the potential to release something supernatural in our everyday lives. If we live with a heart of thanksgiving, we actually begin to release something in the atmosphere that is attracted or is an attractional area of God's heart. When he sees thanksgiving in our heart, it attracts him. It draws him. It's like, it's like me throwing bait into the lake like I did last week. I didn't, well, I did attract the fish. I just didn't catch the fish. So I attracted them to my swim, to where I, were, well, where I was, and they were swimming around where I, I was. And, and that's what happens when we give thanksgiving to God. It's like he hears it and he draws near. He hears it and it catches his attention. He hears something as it's being released and he says, there are a people who are thanking me. They are praising me. You know, we know that praise attracts the heart of God. We know that prayer attracts the heart of God. But also, I believe thanksgiving attracts the heart 
of God. And something miraculous is released when the people of God give thanks to Him. And I'm going to show you just through a couple of passages in the Bible how important it is to be a people of thanksgiving rather than moany and groany and complaining. You know, we, we can all do that. We, I, I guarantee over this last 18 months, we probably all had a moment to complain or be frustrated about things. But listen to this opening scripture in Psalm 105, verse 1. The, the psalmist says this, Go ahead and give God thanks for all the glorious things he has done. And, and, and in, in a normal situation, I would have said, right, let's stop the meeting right here now, and let's just dedicate the rest of our service, the rest of this morning, in you and I giving thanks to God. Oh, go ahead and give thanks to God for all the glorious things that he has done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. I, I used to sing that years ago with Margaret and, and a team that used to go into the residential home meetings. I was trying to win Jane as my wife at the time. Well, she was my girlfriend. Before that, she, I didn't really know her. But I thought, if I go to the old people's meetings, I may just win her heart. And God may bless me with this wonderful woman. Oh, it was awful going in those old people's homes. It was difficult. <laughs> But I, I'm so thankful that I did it because I got my wife. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you're looking for a hospital wife, you know what you've got to do. But it says, I'll go ahead and give thanks for all the glorious things he's done. You know, when you begin to think of the small things. I remember during, during the Zoom uh, meetings that we were doing and, and occasionally someone would say I just want to give thanks and it's like okay what, what's God done I woke up this morning <laughs> wow yeah that, I'll tell you what we, we, are, we should actually not take it for granted how often do we take a new morning for granted and yet we know that there are those who didn't make it how often do we take our job for granted and yet there are many who are running around trying to put in job applications but aren't successful and are struggling to meet their family's needs. I am so thankful for the small and for the incredibly big things that God has done in our lives. And then he goes on and says, go ahead and worship him and tell everyone about his wonders. Isn't that great? So in, a, in, in, this, in this environment, oh, you know, after the service, perhaps just share with each other. You know, that, one of the things that we want to develop is closeness, relationship, uh, and, and oneness within the heart of Family Church Gospel. That's why we say we gather from 10 o'clock, not, not the meeting starts at 10.30, get here for 10.30. We are gathering from 10. If you want to get to know each other better, Get here for 10. Oh, yeah, we're, right now we're doing picnics after the meeting. We're doing food after the meeting. Bring your own because we can't share ours around right now. And Jane brought ours with her this week. <laughs> it wasn't left at home like last week. I shouldn't have reminded you. But, but we're doing this to bring relationship, connection, so that we grow together. We grow old together. Isn't that a joy? We've known uh, Archie and Edlin, no, Archie and Edlin, I'm looking at <laughs> Kerwin and Camille. I've known Archie and Edlin and Kerwin and Camille for, for close to 16 years. I want us to grow old together. 
I've known Margaret. Margaret's known me since I was 19, I think it was. 19. It's like we are growing old together, but I'm not quite as old. <laughs> Forgive me, Margaret, sorry. <laughs> go ahead, give thanks to the Lord for all his glorious things he has done. And go ahead, worship him and tell everyone of his wonders. Just close your eyes for two, 20 seconds. Close your eyes. Begin to give thanks to God in your heart for the good that he's done for you for the good that is brought into your life, for the good that you've experienced in the journey of your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm sorry I'm only going to give you a couple of, minute, couple of moments, but you know what? Go back into the rest of your week and every morning when you awake, remind yourself of the good that God has done in the journey of your life. So this morning, I really want to not only focus on God's goodness, but actually focus on, his, on being thankful for his goodness, not just taking it for granted. Because in Jesus' life in several places, and it wasn't just on one or two occasions, Jesus gave thanks to God then he saw the miracle take place. I wonder how many things there are in our life where we're saying, Lord, I need you to do this. But what God is waiting for is us to say thank you before we even see it. See, that's what faith is. Faith is believing that you receive when you pray, not when you see it come to pass. So faith is saying, Father, you know what my needs are. I believe that you hear, I believe that you're answering. Now I'm just going to give you thanks. I'm going to give you praise. I'm going to give you uh, all, all my adoration and thanksgiving because I know that when I pray, you hear me. And we just give thanks and give thanks with a grateful heart. You see, in our natural lives, even in the natural situations in life, you know, if someone said, oh, you know, Jeff, uh, uh, I'm going to give you my car. I, I, I wouldn't say, well, I'll thank you when I got the key. That would be so rude. I, 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 if, if someone said it before I had received the key, I'd be saying, thank you so much. That is so kind of you. I'm, that's so gracious of you. That is just a miracle. That's what I've been believing for. Don't worry, I don't need a new car. I'm not, I'm not fleecing you for your car. I don't need it. But can you, can you see what I'm saying? You know, I'm going to give you a new car, but I can't give you the key for three months. We would be saying thank you. We would be saying to people, you wouldn't believe the generosity. You wouldn't believe the... It's just amazing. And we would be giving thanks throughout that journey. Jesus operated the same way. I'm going to look at the scripture from, from the book of John, or Gospel of John. And it's that moment when Jesus... Uh, is connecting and, uh, with those that are around him at the moment when Lazarus has died. And we're going to pick up the, the, the events here in verse 41. John 11, verse 41. Then they took the stone away. Jesus obviously he said, you know, there's all this confusion. He had died. They buried him. They were crying out, if only you'd been here. And then Jesus said, 
look, take the stone away from the place where the dead man is lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. We, we, we've not heard what Jesus has said. We've not heard the journey, but we know that he is the resurrection and the life. He is that. He lived in fellowship and in communion with his father. Most of the time he withdraws from the crowd and he spends time with him in prayer. We know that this is a lifestyle of Jesus. So we know here that perhaps even before he left the place to travel to where this incident was taking place, he had already prayed. He had already gone before his father. He had already petitioned God on behalf of Lazarus. And then he says this, Father, I thank you that you have already heard me. And I know that you always hear me. What confidence Jesus has when he prays. Guess what? The key to our answer prayer is right here. I know that you always hear me. It's true, isn't it? Oh, we think we've got, we've got to break through the heavenlies. No, no. He always hears us. Oh, we've got to fast and, 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 and do all sorts of deeds before. No, he hears us. Oh, I've got to get my heart right. No, he hears the re- repentant sinner who says, my life is a mess, save me. He hears our prayer. He said, Jesus said, I know that you always hear me. But because of the people standing by, I said this. What did he say? Father, I thank you that you have heard me. That's what he said. He didn't say it for his own benefit. He said it for our benefit. He said it so that we could see what prayer should be like. I thank you that you've already heard me. I thank you that I have the answer already. I thank you that you've answered prayer. And then he says this. Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who was dead who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with cloth and Jesus said to them loose him and let him go this is an incredible miracle not only had Lazarus been in there and and dead the Bible says he stinketh and all the rest of it we know he's decayed this body is decaying in the tomb and yet God in his power when resurrection power hits a life he's not only healed he's restored he's not only the parts that have you know he didn't come out of the grave with with, with the clay, decayed flesh he came out whole and when God touches our lives there is a wholeness financially there is a wholeness mentally there is a wholeness physically there's a wholeness emotionally there's a wholeness mentally when God does a work in our life it's not a part I hear people turn around and say oh it was a miracle Um, I'm no longer limping but I have cancer no when God touches you you are restored you are made whole and complete that's what God does he doesn't do things in part thankfulness. I thank God that you've already heard me. See, if Jesus, when Jesus released thanks, resurrection power was released amongst the people. 
and Lazarus. Remember, if Jesus hadn't said, Lazarus, come forth, they all would have come forth. How specific do we need to be? If Jesus just said to the graves that were there, because it was a graveyard, remember, he was in a tomb. If he had just said, come forth, dead bodies would have been coming forth from all over. Because resurrection power had been released. Jesus was specific. Lazarus, come forth. And the dead man came out of the grave. I love the fact that Jesus said, thanks first. I think it's a life lesson. If we don't walk around in life giving thanks, we will be like those in the children of Israel who have been released from Egypt, who have been released from captivity and bondage. See, these are the things that we've been released from, isn't it? Captivity, bondage, slaves to sin. We've been released from all that was the children of Israel released in the natural. We've been released from in the spiritual. But they, when they were released in the natural, they left Egypt It was all going well. The silver and the gold, everything they've been blessed with. Nothing ran out. They were, and then they got to the wilderness. And then guess what happened? There was an old mindset, an old factory setting, an old way of behaving. And they began to complain and criticize. And they began to live with an old way of doing things. There was no gratitude in their life. But they complained and grumbled. They complained about the fact, why, why Moses, did you lead us out of Egypt? We had food back in Egypt. They'd suddenly forgotten how bad things were, and now they were focused on, on the need that they had before them. Again, these are life lessons that we can all receive and begin to walk in. Their focus wasn't on what they had, It was on what they now didn't have. See, our focus should be, I have been set free. I have been redeemed. I've been made the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm no longer my own. I've been bought with a price. We should be looking at what we now have rather than looking at what we now don't have or what we now can't do, or what we now shouldn't do. It's amazing how the natural mind can become so focused on the things that it hasn't got. I've written this down. Gratefulness is the gateway into God's presence. And thanksgiving unlocks the supernatural power of God in the unseen realm. I'm going to read that again. Gratefulness is the gateway into God's presence. And thankfulness unlocks the supernatural power of God in the unseen realms. Do you know what? Thanksgiving increases heaven's presence in the atmosphere of where we live, of where we worship, of our families. When we begin to thank God and we begin to worship Him, the, f- the thing that begins to happen is the atmosphere changes. We sing the song, but do we believe the lyrics? When we begin to give thanks to God, and we begin to worship Him in spirit and in truth, atmospheres change. 
Oh, you can go into work and your workplace may be horrible. It may be a really difficult place. But you know what? When you walk in there, you bring an atmosphere. You can bring an atmosphere of praise unto the Lord or you can bring an atmosphere of complaining and grumbling and people will look at you and think, I thought you were a Christian. I thought you lived by a different standard or by by different rules. We can look and sound like the world or we can look and feel different from the world. Listen to this scripture. This is fantastic. In 2 Chronicles chapter 5, a number of you know where I'm going already. 2 Chronicles chapter 5 verse 13, it says this. Indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one. Unity has a powerful response in our life. To make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. This is what they had come together for. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, He is good and his mercy endures forever, the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. That didn't mean that the rain had suddenly come in the room, but he began to reign his presence in the room. He began to reign in their hearts. Not the rain, R-A-I-N-D, rain, but the rain of rule and residency. Are we allowing him to reign and rule in our heart? Because this is what happens when we do with praise and thanksgiving in our heart. The presence of God fills the room. He fills the room. What room does he begin to fill? He fills this room first. When we begin to give thanks to God and praise him and we don't have issues with other people, we have a heart that is in union to God and in union with each other. The Bible clearly says if you've got out against anyone, go. Don't deal with it. Now deal with that first and then come back and bring sacrifice. Come, come back and receive communion. But deal with your heart issues first. We've got to have a heart right. And then it says, and we been, begin to make one sound. Now what, what would that feel like in this room? What would that sound like or feel like in the, in the room when we begin to pray? That we come with one heart that we come with one mind, where we come with one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. Do you know what? When that begins to happen, His presence begins to fill the room. Just a couple of things as I close. I'm going to finish on this thought. I don't know what you give more attention to in your daily life. You may be one of these people and you wake up in the morning and you, you put the radio on or you put the worship on. That one's down to you and your journey. But I guarantee you, Radio 1 or Radio 5 is not going to take you into the presence of the Lord. You may be one of these people who spend the first 20 minutes of your day in prayer and fellowship or you might be one who does it at the end of the day because you're a night owl. But don't be a person that allows 86,400 seconds each day to go 
without giving a thought to the Lord. We need his presence more and more. We need to press in. We need him to fill. This isn't Sunday religion. This isn't a Sunday meeting. This is our lifestyle where we meet together from house to house, where we fellowship with one another throughout the week, where we come together in prayer, where we come together in, in, in church ministry activities. And then on a Sunday, we gather together in one accord, in one voice, in one heart, and we give praise and we give thanksgiving and the power of God begins to move in the household of faith. Oh, that is my heart for every one of us. That we, we, we can't wait for Sunday. Not that we think it's an inconvenience this Sunday. You know, we, we, were, we were in Devon yesterday. We could have stayed in Devon for another day if we wanted to. We wanted to be in the house. Most, most times when we're on holiday, we want to be in church. We want to be in the household of faith. We, want to, we could be away. I don't want to be. In times past, I could have not done set up, but I chose to. Now I don't have to. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. So here, first off, we see resurrection power is released when thanksgiving is given. When we see this, we see when praise and thanksgiving was released, his presence becomes evident to all. To the point where the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with the Shekinah presence or the Shekinah cloud of God's presence. Oh, that presence of God. One moment in his presence and lives are saved, changed, transformed and lives are never the same again. Awesome, eh? Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Father, we just want to thank you for this time this morning. We want to thank you that your presence is amongst us. We want to thank you for all those things that you've done for us in the journey of our life. We want to thank you for those that are around about us who have done life and journey with us. We want to thank you for our daily bread, our financial provision. We want to thank you, Father, for our health and our strength and the restoration of those parts of our body that may be feeling tired or worn out. Father, we thank you that you redeem the time. Those moments in life that we've lost, Father, I thank you. You redeem the hours and the time of our life. I thank you for fellowship and friendship. I thank you, Lord, more above everything else, that you saved me, you saved us, that you filled us, that you have a purpose for our life. I thank you, Lord, that the purposes of God will prevail. We pray today, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And Father, I pray, Lord, if there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, that the message and the thoughts that they've heard would just trigger a, a response in their heart to you this day. 
Lord, I thank you that it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. I pray, Lord, anyone that's been struggling with sin or struggling in life, Lord, I pray that they would see your goodness upon their life. Lord, I ask, take us from a Sunday mentality to 24 hours a day being filled with the fire of God in our bones. And Lord, I desire to serve you all the days of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God.